You're listening to Confident Chaos Podcast with Dr. Tiffany and Lawyer Lisa. Listen as we talk about anything and everything that you know to be your truth. On this week's episode, it's all about health again because it is heart month. We're in February. It's not all about Valentine's hearts. We're talking about real hearts. It's National Go Red Day on Friday, February 5th and Tying this in, we're also going to talk about that very controversial Cosmopolitan cover. And I also have, um, I have a story to share. Lisa has a story to share. Um, and we really hope you guys tune in. It's a super, super, super important episode this week. So 29, we are happy to be with you guys today. And interestingly, today we're going to be talking about a very important organization, the American Heart Association. And we want to draw as much awareness as we can to the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women campaign. What do you think, Tiffany? Shameless plug. So, (laughs) as you guys know, I'm a cardiologist. And the main reason, honestly, I became a cardiologist was there is, um, first of all, there's not a lot of female cardiologists. And second of all, I felt like there was a significant discrepancy um, with the education and awareness of heart disease in women. And I thought being a woman that I could kind of make a big impact. So... Um, I am part of the American, Heart, the American Heart Association in South Florida. I was the board president uh, a few years ago. And this year, I was asked to be the chairperson, chairwoman for the uh, Circle of Red, uh, which is basically a group of women. And there's Circles of Reds all around the country for people who are listening. But it's a group of women who um, donate their time and money uh, to being a part of this kind of sub organization within the American Heart Association to help raise awareness and raise money uh, against the fight of heart disease in women. So the reason I wanted to talk about it, and I know you guys have heard me talk about this, but the reason I wanted to talk about it this week is that February is heart month all over the country. And so the whole month is dedicated to the awareness of heart disease in women and men. But in particular, um, Friday, February 5th is National Go Red Day. And so if you pay attention to the news and everything, you'll see everyone wearing red. And the whole point of National Go Red Day is to raise the awareness about heart disease in women. So shameless plug, can everyone please wear red on Friday? Thank you. Friday, February 5th, everyone, wear your your red, whatever you can find that's red. But let's break this down for just a minute, Tiffany. Obviously, this is part of your job. You're a cardiologist, and this is something that you see in your patients every day. But I wanted to talk for a minute Obviously, you're going to talk to us a little bit about what Circle of Red means, but I'm talking to everybody today as somebody who's completely been, I guess I should say, influenced and inspired by what American Heart Association means and really how it affects, you know, everyday life and families. I think a lot of people look at heart disease and they don't associate heart disease as a really significant, I believe it's the number one, if I'm right, killer of females. Is that correct? That's correct. So what, um, you know, what I, the statistic I'd like to use is that heart disease kills more women than all forms of cancer combined. So that's powerful. That's super powerful because, you know, it's like when I'm, when I'm speaking at these organizations and these events, you know, I tell women, I said, listen, like you all know when your last mammogram was and you all know what the result of it was. And I get it because I got boobs and I like mine too. But at the end of the day, if you have a heart attack and you die, no one can enjoy your boobs, including yourself, because you're not with us anymore. So, um, that's an interesting way of looking at it, but it's true. It's true. And it's reality. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times women kind of 
you know, we, we brush off our symptoms. We just attribute it to stress or, you know, that can't be me or I'm a woman. I can't have heart disease or so on and so forth. And the statistics are the statistics are the statistics. And so the whole point of Go Red, uh, or excuse me, um, Heart Month and Go Red uh, Day, National Go Red Day on Friday is really to remind women that heart disease is their number one killer, not to ignore anything else, you know, in substitution for it, but to, to remind women. To that highlight heart, it. Yeah, to highlight it. It's exactly, to highlight it, so. And make people realize that you should take consideration of your health. But I also think when you imagine heart disease, the average person that's not a doctor or a nurse or works in any form of medical, you know, in the medical field, people automatically assume, oh, well, you have to be overweight, you know, or you have to be a smoker or you have to have just, you know, really bad health habits. And then you would be potentially well, yeah, a candidate no, to die from heart disease. For sure. I mean, look, those are risk factors, of course. But at the end of the day, it's still the number one killer. If you take all the risk factors out, it's still, it is what it is, right? So, um, you know, I think part of it too, and, and just to like kind of speak on other things that the Go Red for Women campaign is, they try, to your point, do they try and highlight um, so I already kind of mentioned having women take charge of their health. And part of that is knowing that heart disease is their number one killer. But what's kind of important for me is there's a lot of, um, you know, we talked about gender pay gaps. Yes, exactly. So there's gender gaps in research big time. So if you pull most cardiovascular trials and you look at the percentages, it breaks it down, age, diabetes, all that kind of stuff. And you look at the percentage men to women, it's usually 70 uh, on average, 75% men, 25% women. So we don't, we guess and we assume that however that research is done, that it would, we guess it would work for women too, but there is, the, most clinical trials are not 50-50 men and women. And I cannot understand why, because the world is 50-50. So I don't know why the research doesn't. So that's, that's part of what the Heart Association is trying to do too, is, is close the gender gaps in research. So they want more women to take responsibility for their health and they want more women to stand up and actually be participating in these clinical yes. trials right because yes. yep. how are you going to get actually accurate statistics you, if you're exactly. only using exactly male data and and the in to that point sort of um is they also want to address the um inequalities and in access and quality of care so um you know we talk about um, food deserts, for instance, like places where there's just not fresh fruits, vegetables available. Right. Um, and so those are usually in lower socioeconomic regions. So they're relying on fast food and cheap food to feed their families. And so I, for me, that hits hard because how do we expect people to not die of cardiovascular disease when they're eating fast food every day? It's and a so they're trying to address these food deserts, come up with ways of encouraging um, and encouraging healthy eating habits, but by making them healthy foods, fresh foods, affordable for families also. That's important because yeah. if you can't afford it or you have no, no ability to even get it from somebody that's providing it for you, you're not going to have it, right? right? And then you're going to be at a higher risk to get some form of heart disease. I think what's important as well, and let me share for a minute, um, obviously you guys know Tiffany is a cardiologist. I got really involved with this campaign last year when partly I met Tiffany last year and we started discussing a lot of things that we had in common, but I also realized that women have to speak up for each other. A lot of times, females specifically, and I'm not trying to say that males don't, but I think as females, we take on a lot of the workload. We take on a lot of the stress of our families, and we also take on a lot of the responsibilities of caring for our, our, you know, our kids, and especially for working moms, that's a lot. 
So you're adding all these variable factors in that could potentially lead to additional stress. And at the end of the day, I'm definitely guilty of this. You forget about yourself. You know, sometimes, I'm not saying I do that all the time, but you can certainly neglect factors that are important for you. And if you don't stand up for yourself and if you don't actually take control of your own health, nobody else will, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, we have... That's 100% right. And I think part of the problem, too, and part of the reason my job can be so tough is I have to be tough. And women don't like hearing bad news. Agreed. I agree so, with that. So, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, I had a patient today, and it didn't have to do with heart disease, but I'm like, listen, I've got some issues. We need to address some things. And I'd, I'd use the word, you know, mortality with her. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk about it. you got to call my daughter. And I'm like, no, we have to talk about yeah, it. You I'm know? not calling like, your daughter. Yeah. So This is your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think that's part of the problem. I think we need to kind of get real with ourselves. We need to check ourselves. We need to um, listen to what our physicians say and to what I said, I've said before, too. You also have to um, be participatory in the conversation and participatory in your own care. Um, Which, not to cut you off, but you mean ask questions to your doctor. Yeah, ask Figure questions. out what they're talking yeah. about if you have a concern or a question, don't just accept the report and then walk away and not ask any questions about what it means to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and again, it's not about hurting people's feelings. It's about telling patients what they need to hear so they can get back on the right track. So a, another example, I had a 25-year-old girl in my office yesterday who was very obese. And I said, you know, I, we sat down, we went through everything, we went through the whole thing. And I said, listen, you know, part of this too is you're, you're, you need to lose some weight. And she's like, yeah, I've been told that before. Like, Yes, I know you've been told that before. Yeah, she's rolling her eyes. If your doctor right. has not told you that before, this is a problem, right? Yes. So, I mean, you're 25 years old with hypertension. This is an issue. Yep. So, um, you know, and again, that goes back to, and, and not to kind of get off track, but it goes back to this whole body image versus health. Two very different things, yep. right? And so I always tell my patients, part of this is on me and part of this is on you, right? There's things that you can control. There's things that you cannot control. There's things that I can do and there's things that I cannot do, right? We cannot control your family history and... You know, but you can control your weight, but I can control helping you get to a healthy weight and giving you medications until we can get you off the medications, right? So patients have to be participatory in their care, and it drives me nuts when they're not, when they just come in like, okay, I'll just take a pill. Like, no, 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 that should, you should not ever say that to your doctor. You know, like, right. okay, I understand I have to take the pill, doc. Is there anything I can do to maybe not take this pill, or is there anything I can do to prevent me having to take more pills? Well, I agree with what you're saying, but I'm going to be patient for a moment, and as the patient going in, it's hard sometimes, Tiffany. You know, I think it's hard for patients to realize I need to make adjustments to my lifestyle. And if I don't know how, I need to be strong enough and brave enough to ask my doctor how they can help me. Yes. And that comes from the individual. That's not gonna come from the doctor. That comes from the patient realizing, oh my God, I have a problem, I need to get help. And that's, you know, that's obviously related to mental health and, you know, being aware of, you know, things that trigger you and all of that. But that's difficult, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go off a little topic. I know we, we I, and I want to, I'm going to circle back, I promise. But something that I wanted to mention, and I think that it kind of ropes into this. Did you see the um, Cosmopolitan cover that was like all over the news? I think it was what, two weeks ago, Al, maybe? Like about two weeks ago, it was a cover of Cosmopolitan. It was I didn't see it, so tell me about it. It was it was I'll, I'll show you a picture. It was larger girls, okay, which we would probably classify in the medical community, and I'm guessing, but looking at them is probably obese. Okay? okay. In workout clothes, fine, no problem, still don't have a problem. But the cover says this is healthy. Ooh. 
<laughs> when I tell you, like, I have a problem with that, and I have a problem with that. I don't care if they're thin, I have a problem with that. How do you put a photo of a person, whether they're skinny, you know, whether they're overweight, whether they're morbidly obese, whether they're black, white, Asian, I don't care. How do you put a photo of a woman and put, this is healthy? It is the most asinine thing I've ever seen on a cover of a magazine. It's a little bit of an oxymoron, right? Well, it's not even that it's an oxymoron. Like, I've, seen, I've got plenty of thin patients who aren't healthy. What classifies healthy? What if you're right. super thin and have autoimmune disease and have lupus and have all these underlying medical problems? Are you healthy? No. You know, so I just, for them to, again, why, society, why, why is there a perception, image. this perception of a certain weight equals health? It drives me nuts. Or a certain weight equals unhealth. I just, I can't. I can't. But I, it just, it just, it's like we've gone overboard with all of this. Like, put whatever you want on the cover of a magazine. I don't care. But don't put this as healthy without knowing what the insides of somebody looks like. It drives me bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. I want to see all of those girls' labs, all of them. And then we'll talk about who's healthy and who's not healthy. How well, about that? Let me talk about the quote here. So this is the Cosmopolitan cover from the UK, and it says it has three pretty large women on it, and then it says, this is healthy, exclamation point. 11 women on why wellness doesn't have to be one size fits all. So if you look at the picture which we'll post for you guys on our um, Instagram page and on our Facebook page you would assume I think the average person looking at that is judging health based upon weight yes that's it, that's yes. it. it drives me I mean but just wait period nothing else Tiffany not taking into consideration that there are other factors involved in somebody's health well, okay, and if we're going to get real for a second, we also, you know, we've kind of recognized seeing, understanding statistics that the the more weight somebody carries, the more obese somebody is, the higher their risk of having significant issues with COVID-19. So, Absolutely. You know, so, so obviously, whenever we're very overweight, we're carrying some sort of intrinsic inflammatory issues, which intrinsically make us less healthy. So it, it just... I'm just irritated by it. I just think it was, you know what? You can say this is beautiful. Fine. You can say, you know, um, you know, there's different types beauty of has beauty. No size beauty maybe? has no size. Fine. Yep. Don't talk to me about health and obesity because I am, I will tell you right now, statistically, if you're obese, you're going to have problems with your health period. Statistically, if you are thinner, you will have less problems with your health. I'm not saying one equates healthy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying statistically. Statistically, well, all of this conversation reminds me of something that kind of hits close to home. My dad, who's in his 70s, had a very close friend who was um, a pediatric doctor. And he was, you know, he saw all my sisters and I growing up in Ocala. This man, I'm telling you, was a marathon runner. This man ate all appropriate food. You know, you look at the food pyramid. He made sure everything on the food pyramid was part of every single meal that he ate. He was not super skinny. He was not overweight. He was basically average size, but he was on top of his health. He literally, he ran every day. He watched his, you know, everything, right? You'd look at him and you'd think he would be on the cover. <laughs> really? You'd think he would be on the cover of like a men's fitness magazine for this is a picture of health. And he was a doctor. No shit. I am telling you. He got up in the morning one day, went to have a cup of coffee and dropped dead yes, of man. a heart attack. The guy that was on the, the guy that used to do the biggest loser. He was like the trainer. Oh, yeah. He had a heart attack and comes out come, you know, later when you look at it, he had underlying health conditions that you would have never guessed by looking at the man. That's so my that point, is a I'm trying perfect to say. example of why that magazine cover 
is not okay. Well, again, I, it, all I'm saying is we talk about statistics for a reason. It's like it, it, it is what it is, right? I'm not saying that everyone overweight's unhealthy. I'm not saying that everyone that's thin is healthy. That's just not the way it happens. But statistically, if you're overweight, you're generally less healthy than someone who is not overweight. That's a fact. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just a fact. So to put that on a magazine cover, again, even if they're thin, I have a problem with it. Like, stop already. Like, first of all, Cosmopolitan, you don't get to say who someone's healthy, okay? <laughs> right? their, doc- their doctor gets to say if they're healthy or not. So just shut up. Just that's stop. That's a good point. It's just stop. I like, like that. Talk to me about what's in style and then shut up because that's about and all, all you get to yeah. talk about. And so anyways, circling back to this whole like going, circle of red. Yeah, the circle of red going back to all this. So it goes back to... That's a perfect example, though, like the inequality in research with women. Right. And so and and this is a perfect example, like a research study about obesity, but obesity with women and their risk versus men. Is there a different level of risk if you're a woman? Like we just don't know because the research hasn't been done. So, you know, it's it's a very um, it's a very important organization for me to be a part of. Obviously, me being a cardiologist and being a woman, it's you know, it's it's something that that I, I always try and be a part of. And then. I, I know it's kind of tough for you, and I, we spoke about it a little bit before, but Lisa is now involved a little bit as well and has been participating in some meetings because, like most people in the United States, because heart disease is the number one killer of men and women in this country, uh, we most people know someone or are related to somebody who had a significant issue with heart disease or may have died from heart disease, and that's kind of where you come into play, right? Yeah, so I was, you know, I met you and I, I came to the meeting. I forget what's the name of the the big meeting, um, that's in February. Oh yeah, the luncheon, the brunch, the, the yeah, luncheon. Go right for women, yeah. So I was sitting there and I was listening to all of these speakers. You were one of the speakers, and I was listening to a lot of information and people were sharing stories. And I was sitting there thinking, and I got a little teary eyed, and I was thinking, this really hits home for me. What can I do? How can I learn from what happened to me and how can I help others? So I was listening to other people talk about at the luncheon how they nearly died from a heart attack and how you helped save um, Captain Sandy and you were a part of her recovery and all these people that literally looked death in the eye and lived from it, you know, and were able to survive and have a better lifestyle moving on and better health. So back in 2013, I lost my mom. And it was a really difficult time, as anybody could imagine. My oldest daughter was eight weeks old, and she, we had planned an event with our whole entire family in Tampa. So both my sisters were there. I was there with my baby, and my husband was there, and my uh, brother-in-laws were there as well. And, um, you know, we had a really good time with my mom, and my mom was not healthy. My mom was definitely overweight. My mom did not take care of really anything related to her body health-wise. And my mom was one of those people that took care of everybody else before herself. And I'm getting teary-eyed talking about this because I feel like this is more and more my life. But I'm working on that. I'm working on making changes to that. But basically, Mm -hmm. my mom went to sleep after a really nice dinner with all of us, and she did not wake up. And so I didn't know that. I didn't know you guys were there. Oh yeah. We were all there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So she, we were, we had dinner together and then she went back to the hotel where we had been staying in Tampa and she was not really feeling well. And she said she wanted to go back to the hotel and rest a little bit. And that was pretty normal for my mom because she did, as she got older, she was 69 when she died, but she was very young. Yeah. 
And um, my daughter was the first granddaughter on both sides of our family. So my mom was super excited to, you know, be a part of that and, you know, be a grandma and all that. But she said she wasn't feeling well. She wanted to go back and take a nap. And we were like, okay, no problem. We were having, you know, just hanging out at my sister's house, which was down the street from the hotel. And um, my dad called her later that night just to check on her because she usually went to bed a little earlier than the rest of us and said, um, are you okay? And she was like, yeah, I'm okay. You know, I'll see you later. He went back to the hotel about 9 p.m. And she had fallen asleep and he thought everything was okay, but she didn't wake up. Goodness gracious. So it was hard. You know, it was hard for all of us. And it was a very difficult day. I still remember that day, like just I'm shaking a little bit talking about it. I remember it, you know, like minute by minute, you know, every second of that moment you kind of relive in your mind. But I'm talking about this and why I think it's so important is it taught me a couple things. It taught me, first of all, you have to take control of your own health. Nobody will do it for you. That's right. And as a mom with two girls and a wonderful family and friends, I'm important to them. But I have to make sure that I'm important for myself as well. So I worked on getting better, getting healthier, taking better um, steps to make my whole lifestyle more healthy because it really wasn't, you know, perfect or anything like that. But I learned and I thought about that. And after I was at the luncheon, I said, you know what? My story is an inspiration to others because look what I've learned from what happened to my mom. And we got my dad working on his health. We got him seeing his doctors, you know, and checking up on everything. And I, I, want, I say this with the utmost respect for you as a cardiologist and for anybody involved in the American Heart Association. You can't just ignore these types of things. You have to learn from what other people go through so it doesn't happen to you. Right. It doesn't happen to your friends. It doesn't happen to your loved ones. It, you have to take control of yourself. And that's hard. I know it's hard. But the, the lesson to be learned is get involved, guys. Get involved in organizations like the American Heart Association. Join together with other people. Support each other. If you think something's going on, you know, with a friend or a family member, ask about it. You know, encourage them to see a doctor or maybe just a couple minutes of chatting with them to check in on their health. You know, that's a good thing to do. And ultimately, the way we can all get involved on a local level is supporting each other and being involved in the American Heart Association and other organizations that promote awareness. So thank you for telling your story. I know it's tough for you, and I know you haven't really, like, broken it down like that before. Because, I, I no. mean, I've heard it, but I didn't, hear it, I didn't hear it to that <laughs> level. Yeah, that's – it's um, – listen, I mean, I wish I could say that's the first time I've heard something like that, but it's not. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very common story. Um, but – so I wanted my story is real quick um, and kind of to wrap up. So kind of my my kind of true when I realized I really made a difference, I guess, because obviously I, people come into my office, we diagnose things, so on and so forth. I've, I can tell you a million of those stories. But, you know, I genuinely enjoy doing like public speaking about this because it's my passion. It's what I like and I'm good at it. So um, Cap, before I knew you, Captain Sandy from Below Deck, right? She invited me to go on um, this little media speech tour thing right. where it was like, you know, women empowerment and, you know, building each other up and so on and so forth. So I'm in this big auditorium down in Miami and uh, I was doing my talk with my friend Pam Affrick, who you know, yep. and um, Pam hates public speaking. So she usually has me tag team with her. Right. So I do part of it. and She does part of it. Supporting each other. Yeah. So um, I... 
I, I get up on stage and I start speaking in the first person, right? So I say, basically, I don't have it memorized, but I basically said, you know, uh, so I went to dinner and um, I left dinner and, you know, my chest starts, starts hurting and I was close by to a hospital that my family gave a lot of money to. And I turned to, you know, my wife and I said, listen, um, you need to drive, which was very interesting because, and, you know, obviously, wife. So very interesting because Sherry, uh, her, her wife, always drove, always drives. And so, uh, so, sorry, let me back up. Pam always drives. Pam drives. Pam always drives. And so for Sherry, she's like, that's weird. Pam always drives. It's very strange. And then, so they start driving home and they're by Boca Hospital down in South Florida. And, and I say, as I, I'm speaking as if I'm Pam, right? I say, right. Um, yeah, you got to take me to the hospital. What do you mean? I'm having chest pain. So they, we go into the emergency room and uh, the ER doctor comes up, hey, what are you doing here again? Because they know the family because her family goes there. They're philanthropists, give lots of money, whatever. They're involved. And excuse right. my French because for people who are listening, but she literally looks at the ER doctor and says, uh, I think I'm having a fucking heart attack. Oh, my God. And looks at and the doctor, no, you're crazy. There's no way. Right. So mind you now, it's hard for me to go back and forth, but I'm speaking as if I'm her. Right. 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 First person. So first person. And so they hook me up to an EKG machine. They rush me to the cath lab, and the next thing I know, I wake up, and I have a, a, a mask on. My, and I okay. say, oxygen. actually, the way I did the speech was, I said, I close my eyes, and everything goes black. Ugh. And then Pam comes out, does her portion, describing heart disease in women, why it's so important, blah, blah, blah. And I say, and I said, then I wake up. A mask is on my face. They're pumping my air, my mask full of air, and my name is Pamela Affrick. And then she goes into her whole kind wow. of story. Powerful. So I, I'm speaking. Goosebumps. Yeah, it, it was. I got to tell you, it's probably the best speech I've ever given. And I remember calling Pam like, "I got an idea." <laughs> like, yeah. I got an idea. And she comes out, and everyone's clapping. You know, right. like, it's like this big thing. So I played her in like this role playing thing almost. Right. So, but it's a great example of taking control of your health like something's wrong so what Get happened me help. this so what happened right yeah exactly she knew something was wrong and they thought you know but you know she was a smoker and has st- since stopped and and I can speak because like th- this is stuff that's been said publicly so right right Sandy's obviously there the whole audience is listening so fast forward about a month since then right yeah I get a phone call from Sandy actually Sandy's sister Tiffany you need to call Sandy she's in the hospital she had a heart attack what holy cow yeah what so she's at, like, I believe at UCLA, like, in California, right? right? So I call. So she goes, you're not going to believe what happened. I was at Spin Cycle or Soul Cycle. I was Soul at Soul Cycle, Cycle, yeah. And she's like, and I started having chest pain. And she's like, and I remembered what you said. I remember what you said. And I was having chest pain. It did not feel good. And she's like, so I unclipped my shoes, and I walked outside, and I sat down, and I kept having chest pain. So I called an Uber. I go, whoa, Sandy. <laughs> I never told you to call an Uber. I told you. She's like, no, but I remember what you said. Like, I, I'm having chest pain. I was exercising. This is not This is not okay. It's not okay. So she ends up having what's called a spontaneous coronary artery dissection. It's called a SCAD. So she didn't have the type of heart attack where a plaque breaks off, like a cholesterol buildup. Her artery actually split oh and dissected. Gosh. And it was for her to tell me, she goes, Tiffany, I'm telling you, had I not heard your speech, I would have died. Like, I would have just pushed through it and kept going. Of and, and it was very, for me, that was the first time that I felt like not my training did something. Like, yes, I'm taught how to diagnose stuff. And that's different. For me, it was different. It was like, I did something. Like, right. I said something that made a, 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 a change in someone's you direction. Right. Someone. Yeah. So, but those are like my two personal stories. But I got that, that was good. Everyone's like, oh my God. And then Pam comes out and it's like, ah, 
not like I'll post a photo of like me and her hugging. Like, yeah. it was good. It was good. Now I feel like I can never do it again. But well, you probably <laughs> gave it away. Now you're talking about it on the podcast. But I'll have so. Sandy. I'll, I'll send this to Sandy and have her chime in. So no, that would be great. But I, I really think at the end of the day, we're all busy. We all have a million things going on. We all have really important, you know, um, everything is important. I feel like what's most important. Everything's important. You know, you have to listen to your body. You have to listen to your body and you got to realize that, you know, we are, women are so powerful and we can be even more powerful by supporting each other and understanding what's, you know, you only live once, right? YOLO. YOLO. It's so important. They named a bar out of, you know, after that in Fort Lauderdale. It's so true. And I'm telling you guys, literally after that happened with my mom, my dad has been living his best life. And I'm not saying that because that's like a tag phrase. Literally. He's like, these are all the things I want. We made a bucket list and he's literally crossing through the bucket list as much yeah, as he man. can. Because and you, the healthier you are, the more you can do. The more you can do. And it's just, it's so important. So I'm happy to be a part of the organization. I'm not as involved as you are. Um, but I'm certainly doing my best as a local supporter of the organization and I'm involved in the, the committee and, you know, the charity. And I, I welcome everyone to try your best to do whatever you can to be a part of this really amazing organization. So National Go Red Day, February 5th, Friday, wear red, support, uh, post photos, hashtag uh, National Go Red Day or hashtag Go Red for Women on all of your social media. You can tag us in it also. Go Red SFL. Go Red SFL for South Florida if you're listening from South Florida. And on this week, more than any week, everyone stay healthy. And stay grounded.